Good afternoon and welcome to our 10 years, 10 minutes interview. The LPA as the official and national partner association of Invest Europe in Luxembourg is very proud to welcome today, Mr. Eric de Montgolfier, CEO of Invest Europe. Hi Eric, how are you? Hi Stéphane, thank you for your uh, invitation today. I'm uh, Eric de Montgolfier, Chief Executive Officer of Invest Europe, uh, the world's largest uh, association of private capital providers representing the private equity, venture capital, and infrastructure industries uh, in Europe, uh, as well as their investors. Our members, uh, as yours, Stéphane, uh, invest in uh, privately held companies, uh, from startups to established firms, uh, injecting capital, dynamism, innovation, and expertise. I have been the role of CEO for a year now, bringing in experience of uh, over 30 years at private equity firms in Europe to help uh, promote a better understanding of the industry and build a better operating environment for our members. I was previously CEO of GIM France, a subsidiary of the Brussels listed mid-market investment firm, overseeing strategy and investments in the French market. Prior to that, I co-founded two middle market GPs, I was a co-founder and co-managing partner of Edmond de Rothschild Capital Partners, and before that, a co-founder and partner at Astor's Partners. Huge and very active career then on your side. Um, also, just for our audience, you can ask all your questions as usual via the chat function or the Q&A button. Um, Eric, the main missions of Invest Europe, you highlighted now a few, but could also could you please also explain us how and when this whole adventure started? Um, Invest Europe was founded in 1983, 37 years ago, to represent initially the venture capital industry in Europe, with seven uh, members at the beginning. Since then, uh, private equity has developed into a major source of funding uh, for businesses of all sizes. Uh, uh, and a critical part, obviously, of the uh, investment landscape uh, we see now. So the association changed its name from the European Venture Capital Association, FCA, to Invest Europe in 2015 to reflect uh, its evolution and expanding membership. Our aim, as mentioned earlier, uh, is to promote a better understanding and awareness of private equity and make a constructive uh, contribution to European policies uh, that affect or may affect our membership across Europe. Invest Europe is committed to fully and fairly representing the interests of each segment of our membership, which is organized into four platforms, limited partners, venture capital, mid-market, and global private equity GPs. So in a sense, the entire private equity ecosystem. Invest Europe is located in Brussels. Could you just, if we would lift the curtain, tell us how you're organized there and who your main contacts are? With pleasure. Invest Europe has a 25% strong team from 13 nationalities, all European, and speaking 15 European languages. We have teams of experts dedicated to research and data, to events and trainings, to communications, and last but not least, uh, to public affairs. And indeed, our public affairs team plays a critical and active role in engaging directly with EU policymakers in Brussels, the European Commission, the MEPs, member state representations to the EU, to name a few, on behalf of the industry, and is shaping legislation 
not just in the heart of the EU, but also across the globe, for example, on taxation. More broadly, we effectively influence and interact in Brussels with a variety of stakeholders, such as EU, as I mentioned, and national policymakers, uh, regulators, European or national associations. We are building coalition from time to time on specific issues with vertical, i.e. industry associations, such as, for instance, Europa Bio, the biotech associations uh, in Europe, or with horizontal associations, such as other financial services associations. We also uh, can have contacts and uh, uh, clear relationship with think tanks, with academia, and of course, the media. So a, a big program. That's also why we like really and love to collaborate with yourselves there. I mean, lots of thought leadership and then all this public affairs activity. That's really fantastic to explain to all the different stakeholders why private equity and venture capital are so important for the real economies. Um, on the association side, how many members do you, do you have and what are, would be the benefits of joining Invest Europe? We represent to date uh, 650 members uh, located in seven, 37 countries across Europe and 11 countries outside Europe. We are truly global, as is uh, our uh, industry. Half our members are GPs, uh, split 50-50 between VC and buyout. 25% uh, are LPs, uh, and the remaining 25% are associate members, such as uh, um, service providers and honorary members. We offer strong benefits uh, to our members. Uh, we publish the most authoritative source of data, research, and insight uh, on private equity, shining a light on the industry's industry and activity in Europe. Our research covers every year in great detail a wide range of topics from activity and economic impact statistics to performance reports by industry segment across Europe. We seek to broaden our data coverage every year. A groundbreaking recent example is our private equity at work report revealed for the first time, revealing for the first time that PE backed companies employed 10.5 million people across Europe, or 4.5% of the entire European workforce. Our members receive access to all our reports and can request customized analysis from our dedicated research team. The association also promotes best practice and the highest standards of professional conduct through our professional standards guidelines and peer-to-peer -peer training. Investor is also behind industry-leading events that you probably heard of, like the Investors Forum, the Venture Capital Forum, and the CFO Forum, that foster valuable networking opportunities, facilitating the sharing of ideas and information throughout our industry. Members benefit from professional rates, including invitation to exclusive events or webinars, and discounted pricing on training courses. From a public affairs perspective, Invest Europe members have access to up-to-date regulatory and political intelligence and guidance through policy calls, guides, and Q&As, such as recently on Brexit or foreign direct investment, FDI, and can increase their influence through active participation in policy groups and roundtables. Let's take a recent example of what we did during the COVID-19 outbreak. When the outbreak escalated in March, we stepped up our efforts to help members deal with the enduring crisis by, for instance, 
advocating at EU level uh, for full access to state aid programs and liquidity measures for businesses, creating from scratch an interactive library of resources to help our members and their portfolio companies uh, stay up to date on the emergency financial measures taken across Europe in support of businesses. And lastly, organizing a policy call with IPEV board members as speakers on the portfolio valuation guidelines to apply during the pandemic. As you can see, different initiatives to try to cover the ground and make the best out of what we can bring to our members. And within this large group of experts and practitioners, I imagine that you have also many Luxembourg-based members and representatives who are then quite active in Invest Europe, the Invest Europe Association. Absolutely. Invest Europe has 20 full members in Luxembourg and half a dozen associate members, service providers mainly. And we'd like to have many more as we believe that Luxembourg is more and more becoming a key jurisdiction in our industry and its voice should be heard from practitioners as well as from LPEA. And of course, the LPA is, as you well know, an honorary member of, uh, of uh, Invest Europe, and we're very pleased uh, with, with that. Uh, our Luxembourg-based members are also participating uh, to our committees uh, and working groups. Groups. Gilles de Zurmont from the law firm uh, Arendt and Medernard, for instance, is chairing uh, our legal and regulatory uh, committee. So uh, we encourage uh, uh, as many members as possible to participate to those working groups because it's a way uh, to give uh, uh, their vision, their perception of the issues uh, that uh, they are facing. And for us, it's extremely important uh, to get the right information uh, to be able then to, to advocate on your behalf. You also mentioned before COVID-19, and we all know that you organize highly recognized events and trainings. How did you cope with that? And what are your plans going forward? Are you now an e-Invest Europe? <laughs> it's actually uh, a number of barriers that fell uh, this year, that's for sure. The least we can say is that the move from physical to uh, digital raised a number of operational challenges. We're not the only one. That's for sure. But we rapidly transformed them uh, into uh, opportunities. Invest Europe's main conferences uh, were for the first time delivered uh, as virtual events in mid-October 2020. The Investors Forum gathered uh, Europe's uh, leading GPs, uh, providing uh, a real opportunity for them to virtually meet uh, member LPs as well as pre-screened uh, institutional investors, all with uh, an appetite for open productivity, of course. In parallel to this event, uh, we organize also the Venture Capital Forum as an exclusive online conference dedicated to the sector and with an emphasis on GP and LP uh, networking opportunities. So we had to adapt fast, postpone our event, reorganize, decide to go virtual, and uh, the result uh, in mid-October was really a, a success. As far as training is concerned, uh, we have also uh, uh, continued our training uh, over this period with uh, our offer of brochures course for all industry participants. Uh, and we successfully turned them all from in-person uh, courses to virtual ones. I must say it was quite a challenge and I'm still, uh, I would say, uh, really grateful for the commitment of the training team to be able to, to, to change uh, their setup in such a very short amount of time. Going forward, we aim to continue our efforts to innovate in the development and formats uh, of events and to ensure that members 
maintain their networking uh, opportunities. Uh, as for the objectives uh, in the training field, uh, we aim at enhancing uh, investor training program with tailored e-learning, complementing our virtual and in-person courses. So in a nutshell, we remain committed to providing not just continued services to members, but new and innovative means of support. That's also a great inspiration for the LPA since we started this year our training academy. And I think that some synergies could also exist in the future there. Uh, with the hyperactive agenda you just described, also with all those different projects and events, um, are there any projects or endeavor studies you're particularly proud of and that were developed by Invest Europe? Actually, there are three jump uh, immediately to mind, uh, but uh, the list is much longer because, uh, again, the commitment uh, shown by, uh, by my team uh, this year was just uh, uh, astounding. And uh, I would just limit myself to, to, to a couple uh, of those uh, to illustrate uh, what we've done uh, recently. I think that we, we can fairly say that we feel partly proud of the European Data Collection Initiative, the EDC, a joint initiative and data collection platform based on a standardized methodology developed by Invest Europe and national associations. EDC is a critical tool in providing the necessary and bespoke statistics across regions in very great detail. The data collected allows us to keep stakeholders informed and our association able to accurately inform policy discussions on specific issues. Second, it's worth mentioning also that Invest Europe began in June 2019, the collection of economic data from its GP members to highlight the PE and VC industry's positive contribution to the European economy through employment and job creation across the continent. The result was the predictive work report I already mentioned uh, that we published in September 2020 of the first ever economic data report on the private equity's positive impact on employment and job creation, plus 173,000 jobs net were created in 2018 from our members' portfolio company, which I think is a great achievement. This year, as this first uh, collection effort was a success, uh, uh, the data has been collected since June 2020, not only from our members, but from all European GPs of over 1,400 GPs across Europe. So we hope to have uh, an updated report which will uh, increase uh, the visibility of, uh, of this uh, job creation and employment data. Lastly, we are uh, proud of the quick and efficient support brought to our members during the, the crisis. When the COVID-19 uh, crisis broke out, Invest Europe immediately introduced, as I mentioned, an interactive library of resources to help members and their portfolio companies, uh, not only to understand the impact uh, of the coronavirus outbreak on the industry, but also uh, on the wider economy. And uh, the idea was really to, uh, to keep them updated on the emergency policy measures taken across Europe in each jurisdiction to make sure that we would have access uh, to uh, the money devoted to uh, counteract this, uh, this crisis. Concerning the European Data Initiative, we're also very happy to be part of that and would also like to thank our different members who are willing to share their different data points and also sources 
in order then to help also this European project uh, to grow further and to bring up the, the best statistics ever. Um, now you have described many successful projects and that's fantastic on Invest Europe side, but are there any potential threats for our P and VC industries luring around? Yes, unfortunately I would say there are. I see at least three, performance, regulation and reputation. And not in that order. It's uh, it's uh, it's a list of three, but we could I could have started with uh, with reputation as well. So performance first. It's undeniable uh, that a number uh, of private equity-backed companies have been impacted severely by this uh, unparalleled economic crisis caused by the pandemic, which is one of the main threats for the industry at the moment. Short-term performance could be impacted to a certain extent, and as you well know, the uh, industry relies on performance to raise funds and to operate successfully. However, it is worth mentioning that uh, at our recent Investors Forum and Venture Capital Forum in mid-October, most speakers, panelists, and participants underlined the resilience at this stage of the asset class in terms of LP appetite for the asset class and of GP fundraising and investment throughout the cycle as compared to previous down cycles, including the global financial crisis, which is encouraging. We recently published also a comprehensive report on private equity activity in Europe during the first half of the year, what we call the uh, H1 activity report. And the study revealed a resilient investment and fundraising environment as managers and investors continued to actively invest in and support European businesses despite the disruption caused by COVID-19. Interestingly, 60% of H1 investments were follow-ons in existing portfolio companies. So although it's still early uh, to assess the true impact of the COVID-19 pandemic to the economy, the report's findings give us reasons uh, to remain optimistic about the sector's resilience and its future, future performance. Regulation now. Now that the legis legislative work has uh, actively um, uh, resumed in Brussels, because as you probably are aware, it literally stopped during the first half of the year to focus on managing the crisis, we are tackling the review of the most important piece of legislation regulating our industry, the AFMD Directive, and actively participating uh, to the consultation uh, launched by the European Commission. Over 100 questions, we built six task forces, a huge work to be done in a comprised calendar. Issues such as delegation and substance, leverage, remuneration, categorizations of investors and third country access are on the table. So it's absolutely critical uh, to manage uh, correctly uh, these uh, discussions uh, with uh, regulators. Brexit may also generate a divergence between the UK and uh, the EU27 uh, with a potential uh, negative uh, impact uh, on uh, our industry uh, globally. And lastly, the EU Green Agenda is uh, likely to increase the non-financial reporting obligation of our industries, our industry and of our portfolio company. So as you can see, uh, we have a, a number uh, of issues and I've only listed uh, the main ones. Uh, we probably have others uh, that we could uh, discuss uh, today. Um, lastly, reputation. We hear more and more voices challenging our operating model, less on the economic value it generates, our long-term performance, including versus public markets, is well-established and documented, 
but on the grounds of low social value and going as far as advocating for an increased taxation on carried interests, if you've read recently uh, the, the right papers, uh, basically. So it is all the more crucial to be able to demonstrate uh, the contribution of our industry to society at large through economic impact data, such as the one disclosed in our uh, private equity at work report, or our contribution to pensions, or any other ESG data uh, that we can provide uh, to uh, policymakers, to name a few. So I expect Invest Europe to work hard on proving this point, which is, I think, important and interrelated with uh, uh, regulation, obviously. Eric, you also mentioned uh, just before uh, to be optimistic, the resilience of our industries. With all those uh, clear points that you highlighted, this analysis, are there also uh, most probably great opportunities attached? What can you tell us about that? Well, um, as you know, I have no crystal ball. <laughs> Neither do you, I'm afraid. Um, so I will try to stick to, to facts, to what, I, uh, to what I know, what, I, uh, what I've surveyed, uh, what we were able actually to, to, to generate in terms of, uh, of data. Uh, so let's say that despite the current uh, crisis caused by the pandemic, uh, we certainly remain optimistic about uh, our industry's uh, future uh, opportunities. Our activity H1 2020 report revealed promising results. Private equity funds raised 49 billion in the first half of 2020, in line with last year's first half figure. Uh, venture capital investment achieved a new half year record with 5.6 billion euros raised uh, and invested into innovative startups and scale ups. And the study also highlighted the VC funds continued focus on investment in the future, ICT, biotech, healthcare, which accounted for over half of capital invested. So that's uh, obviously encouraging. Further, Invest Europe in collaboration with Arthur D. Little, the international management consulting firm, is preparing to publish later this month on the 26th of November, the first edition of a report based on a pan-European forward-looking survey that captures views from practitioners, practically managers and investors on the future on the industry in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. The survey highlights include that 60% of managers and investors expect capital allocations to private equity to rise over the next three years. A majority expect stronger investment opportunities over the coming 12 months as compared to 2019 and believe that ICT biotech, healthcare, as well as business services will be important areas for investment uh, in the future. So we have some signs, uh, practical signs that uh, we can expect great things to happen without having uh, any certainty. What I know for sure that the overall short-term outlook remains of course uncertain as governments tighten restrictions on people and businesses due to the second wave of COVID-19, but we are absolutely convinced at Invest Europe that trade equity and venture capital are uniquely positioned to help jumpstart Europe's economic and societal recovery. Private equity and venture capital will remain a key source of financing for companies with a long-term horizon in volatile economic conditions and is definitely part of the solution. Thank you, Eric. 
I think we have also received with all those um, fabulous insights uh, one of the questions and uh, even if we don't have any crystal ball uh, that person wanted to know how long that virtual situation might last and this is certainly important for our industry any idea there Yes, we've actually uh, surveyed a couple of um, our uh, members, uh, LPs and GPs uh, alike, uh, to see uh, whether the travel restrictions uh, imposed either by countries or their own organization, how those restrictions will, will, will fare in 2021. And uh, I must say that uh, uh, the uh, answer is uh, uh, less optimistic than what I would have loved to hear. Uh, what we heard at this juncture is that uh, people will not consider traveling extensively before Q3 2021 at the earliest, but that survey was made before uh, the latest uh, breaking news about vaccinations uh, for uh, Pfizer on one hand uh, and, uh, and the other, uh, the other uh, uh, company which uh, name escapes me right now. So it's, uh, I'm afraid that in this context, uh, uh, virtual uh, conferences, virtual events will still uh, be uh, the model we will pursue uh, for the most part of 2021. But we are working actively on uh, seeing how to increase the networking uh, opportunities through uh, the platform we select uh, to ensure to our members the ability to participate to one-to-one -to -one meetings uh, alongside our events. Um, and Eric, we also have our flagship conference on the 25th of November. It will be called the e-insights, so all digital. So that would go also in that same uh, kind of concept. And there we had some different uh, preparation calls uh, with GPs who said that also they anticipated a great impact of COVID on uh, the underlying company, portfolio companies, and apparently, and that depends uh, certainly on the different cases, some valuations were not that affected. Have you also witnessed uh, such trends? Yes, we, uh, we, we heard, uh, not only heard, but uh, some of um, the participants and panelists to our uh, events uh, emphasized the fact that uh, valuation were, were not uh, affected by the short-term uh, context. People actually uh, uh, have a long-term uh, investment uh, mindset and uh, um, considered that uh, under certain circumstances, valuation could remain broadly in line with the ones that we've seen before uh, COVID-19. That's obviously uh, just a perception. Um, I've also heard uh, on the VC side that uh, uh, the new rounds were a little bit uh, uh, less impressive than uh, in the recent past, but that they were holding quite uh, well. So um, I haven't heard uh, any... Uh, I would say, uh, feedback on uh, plummeting valuations, uh, taking into account 100% uh, uh, the side effect of the, uh, the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic and economic crisis at this juncture. But again, remember, our own conferences uh, happened on 12th, 13th and 14th of October before the start uh, of uh, the second wave. So as always, perceptions can vary uh, over time, even in such a little time.
Thanks a lot, Eric, for sharing all those different elements of information, your experience, and all those insights. It was really great session. Thanks also a lot to our audience who follows us for now more than eight months. So thanks a lot again, Eric, and see you soon. Thank you, Stefano. See you very soon.